Very good evening, church. Really a joy to see each and every one of you. Your presence here really encourages us, encourage us. So I just want to wish you Sing Nian Kwai Le for the Lunar Happy Lunar New Year. In fact, this year really has passed by in the flesh, right? We are almost uh, into our last Sunday in January, and in a few days' time, a month will have flew by. In fact, it felt like yesterday we celebrated Christmas in 2022. Well, for some of us here, time has really passed in the flesh in such a hurried manner. But for those of us who are suffering from sickness, illness, pain, sometimes time is slow and torturous. Maybe it's not you, but maybe it's a loved one that you know personally, a family member, a close friend of yours who is suffering. And today in our healing service, it's an opportunity for us and for you to stand in the gap either for your loved one, for your friend, or even for yourself, to ask God for a healing touch. But before we go into that, and the book of Proverbs gave us instructions as to how to receive healing. Before we get to the instructions, we need some basic understanding and context for healing. You know, it's similar to learning how to drive, right? Before you pass your driving test, you need to learn how to operate the car, control the car so that you do not get into any accidents. Well, likewise, for healing, before we receive the instructions, we need to have a renewed understanding of our minds through God's Word, so that we can understand how the healing process can take place. So come with me to Matthew chapter 13, verse 3 to 9, and 18 to 23. And let me read to you the Word of God. Then he, as in Jesus, Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Well, verse 18, it tells us the explanation of this parable. Verse 18 says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown, in their heart, this is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choked the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Well, this is the word of the Lord. Verse 23 tells us, right, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone. Right, you or and me, someone who hears the word understands it with that renewing of our mind. 
This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times. So Jesus also said in, in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, the seed is the word of God. Right? The seed is the word of God. The heart, our hearts must be good soil for the seed to be planted and grow and blossom. Well, today I want to talk about six aspects of the seed as the word of God. Well, first is the seed is alive and contains life. Well, the next time you take a fruit, you eat the fruit and left the seed, for example, a watermelon seed, a mango seed, or a durian seed. Well, you probably won't know whether the seed is alive, right? You can use your hands to touch it, you can smell it, you can shake it, you can you can shake it to hear it. You probably won't know whether it's alive. At most, you bite it, and some seeds, when you bite into it, it's bitter. The only way to prove that a seed is alive is to plant it. When you plant it, you water it diligently, give it some sunlight, and over time, the seed, if it's alive, will grow, grow roots, and a small little plant will come out from the soil. Which brings me to my second point, that a seed does nothing until planted. You take a seed, you leave it on the shelf, you leave it on the table, it does nothing. It only works if it's planted. Just like the Word of God, only when it's planted, when the Word of God is planted in our hearts, in our minds, it will take root and grow. Well, the third, third is a seed is much smaller than the plant it produces. Master seed is really very small, a watermelon seed, not much bigger. Maybe at most a durian or mango seed is pretty big. And our problems may seem big, like may seem huge, and a scripture verse may seem very small. But when we hold on to the truth and promise of the Bible, the Word of God will grow in us and overcome the problem. I remember growing up when I was young, this phrase says, don't tell God you have a big problem. Tell the problem you have a big God. So don't tell God you have a big problem. Tell the problem you have a big God. Fourth is a seed is strong and mighty as it grows underground. Well, you see a seed is small, but when it grows, it has the ability, the power, the strength to push through the rocks, the dirt, the ground. The Word of God is like that seed. It has the power, the strength to give you hope and strength to push through your problems, help you right through, carry you through life problems. And of course, we can't tell, right? You don't have x-ray eyes. You can't see through the soil whether a seed is growing or not. The only way you might do it is to dig it, dig the seed out of the ground. But by doing so, you might accidentally damage the roots and kill off the seed. So the point being is that, you know, sometimes you, you, you should not, you must not belittle the power of what God is doing in your life, especially when it's unseen. You can't see it. You must continue. You and I must continue to trust in the process of what God has ordained. And when we trust in His Word, that transformative power in us, we can have that power to change, that power to live a life that God has ordained. And we will see in time to come. Even when we can't see the process, the small little change in us, in time, over time, we can see it. And that is the fifth point. A seed takes time to produce, to grow, to flourish. doesn't happen overnight or even a short period of time. 
Some seeds take a long time to grow. But a seed is working day and night. It might not happen overnight, but over the days and over the nights, it is working. Even when you and I are sleeping, we are going about being busy in our day-to-day life, God is working in your life. Whether you are aware of it or whether you are ignorant of it, God is working just like the seed. Six is a seed will stop growing or might die without nourishment. Right? If you leave it there, the seed will after a while die. And in fact, planting a seed is not enough to ensure a bountiful harvest. You know, a farmer will need to take good care of the seed until harvest. Right? Harvest, whether it's fruits, whether it's um, more grains. A farm, farmer needs to take care of the seed until it's harvest time. And for us, as we learn to walk with God, our start, our start of our journey to walk with God is important. But the process and learning more about God and when we finally meet Him face to face, we will continue to learn more and more about God. We see Him face to face. I believe you will still learn more about His majesty, His holiness, His goodness, His grace. Because our God is an infinite God. It's a wonderful, infinite God. Well, these six aspects of the seed is what frames our thinking. What gives us life as we journey with God. Well, if we are like a farmer and we want to reap a harvest, we need to exercise faith that when we plant the seed, it will grow into a harvest. But a farmer cannot exercise any faith if there is no seed planted in the ground. Well, does that make sense? A farmer cannot exercise any faith when there is no seed planted in the ground. And a quote from Great Oden, it says here, To meditate on scripture is to allow the truth of God's word to move from head to heart. It is is to so dwell upon a truth that it becomes part of our being. So as we exercise faith, as we plant this seed into our hearts, into into good soil, what the parable says, may it grow from our head to our heart. May it grow from our head to our heart that it becomes part of our being. And when we do so, we have a renewed understanding of God's Word. Renewed understanding of God's Word that we can believe, can receive in our hearts and receive God's Word through faith. So if you can reframe how we look at sickness since today is our um, healing service, as we reframe our mind and have a renewed understanding, when we look at sickness, our attitude, our passion, our purpose towards it, towards sickness, should be the same as how we view sin. That we, our purpose and goal is to have our body healed and our soul to be healed too. Not just physical, but emotional, relational, spiritual. And sometimes I believe God is more interested in healing your brokenness in your life first and foremost before releasing physical healing on you. And so He's more interested in the brokenness in our life because we are all broken people. And as you do so, as you search your heart, my prayer is that you do so today, this opportunity 
this chance as you as we come together, as we worship the Lord, as the presence of God is so strong here, as you come here and release this brokenness to Him that you have kept in the deepest and darkest part of your heart and allow God into this area so that He can heal you from it. For example, it might be a rejection from a parent, a sibling or a teacher when you were younger, a hurtful word that you've been carrying for years, or a betrayal act from a loved one. Whatever the situation is, my prayer is that you allow God to enter into these situations and allow Him to heal your brokenness. Because again, we are all broken people. You and I, we are broken, but God is able to mend. Mend us because He loves us so much. So if I was to jump back into the portion, the part of to receive healing, which is taken from Proverbs 4, 20-22. After we have this renewing of our mind, Proverbs 4, 20-22 tells us, my son, and in fact my daughter too, pay attention to what I say. Right? So this is the point where we need to listen carefully. Right? Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to one's whole body. So do so, our ears need to be attentive to the Word of God. Whether it is through a sermon like this, whether it is reading a Bible on your own, or reading a, or having a cell group Bible study where you meet either once a week or once in two weeks, or maybe you're talking to people, whether you're a colleague at work, a church member, just sharing different perspectives of the Bible, whether you're hearing testimonies through videos or watching videos online. Because Romans tells us faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. So you and I, we need to hear about Christ, who He is, what He has done for you, and how much He loves you. Our ears need to be attuned with the word of God so that our faith can increase. And as, you go through, as we go through troubles in life, as you go through issues in life, sometimes we have doubts. And the Word of God is powerful enough, strong enough to cast these doubts out of your minds. Second as we, second is to not let the Word of God out of sight. Well, it's good sometimes to have verses in your phones as wallpaper or verses on your walls in your homes so that you do not let them out of sight. But I believe this passage is, is reminding us, reminding you and me, to keep our focus and attention on the Word of God. What does, that, what does that mean? If your eyes are focused on something, generally when you look at something, you walk towards it. And when we turn away and we start walking in a direction that is, you're not looking at, chances are you might bang to somebody, might knock into somebody. I'm not sure whether it happened to you before. Recently, somebody was looking away and walking straight and almost knocked me. Right. So when you're walking, when you're looking straight, your attention, your focus is at the Word of God. You're looking at the, at the Bible passage, you're looking at verses, you're talking to people about it. Our focus and attention is on the Word. And the Word can give us direction in life. If you lost, you feel far away, can I just ask that you come back, have that focus, and have that Word of God in front of you. Fix your eyes on it. The third, and I believe the most important aspects of God's Word in, in the context of healing is to keep it in our hearts, in your heart. 
in our intellectual world today, I think we do our best to really study the Bible well. I'm sure many of us have attended many courses, programs, Bible study, lectures. All these are good. I'm not saying that they are not good, but we seek to comprehend the Bible theologically and in context, right? We are careful to de- explain and defend the word whenever we feel that it's used for the wrong purpose. And really, I have no problem with all that. I myself enjoy studying the Bible in a very deep manner. And the problem comes when we are so used to it, we are unable to bring the word from our head to our hearts. And when that, when that happens, it's so easy for us to put walls around our hearts and our minds. Because maybe at times you were hurt by a brother or a sister in church. They put up walls in our hearts. But we don't somehow don't put up walls in our minds. Put up walls in our hearts and we guard them so well. In fact, we can even build a castle out of it. And we sometimes guard not against fellow Christian or brothers and sisters in Christ, but we guard against God Himself. We don't even allow God to enter our hearts. I think that's where the problem is. And here, the Bible passage in Proverbs reminds us, reminds us, in fact, tells us so clearly and so plainly, keep them within your heart. Not outside your heart, not around your heart, but within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. So your heart, is it good soil like the parable? Is it soil that God is able to deposit the word in your, in your heart? And today later, we have an opportunity to allow God to deposit good seeds in your heart. My question is, will we let down these walls? Will we say that the walls are dropped? Will we allow God to just enter into this situation in your heart that you have been hurt, you have walled it up? Will you allow God to enter? Let me give you an example of how the seed can be planted in our hearts. A real life example by this lady named Amy, not our staff Amy, not PTM Amy. It's just coincidental. This story is taken from The God Who Changes Life. It's a book. And Amy, not her real name, has requested for her name to be changed because she does not want her friends to take the news of her cancer diagnosis badly. She was going through one of the darkest times in her life. So she started to find and seek more about, the, about God. One of her friends brought her to a church near her home. Her friend did not attend this church but wished to accompany her to one that was close to where Amy lived. After attending one of the Sunday services, Amy went online to find out more about the church. 2014, in the words of Amy, she said, In 2014, I sent an email to the church saying that I wanted to know more about God and received a quick reply from the church staff. They invited me to Alpha, which I agreed to attend. Alpha is a program uh, for pre-believers. So as I attended Alpha each week, I was drawn to seek and learn more about Christ. After every session, I felt a sense of peace, and the Bible came alive from the verses shared. At this point, I was going through one of the darkest periods of, in my life. I have stopped working because I, I have I had been diagnosed with advanced stage lung cancer. I attended Alpha on Saturdays despite undergoing chemotherapy on the same day. Unfortunately, results from scans showed that the treatment was not effective. 
this left me feeling disappointed. While praying for recovery and reading the Bible, I was moved by the story of how Jesus healed people, people with the mere touch of his cloak. I questioned myself, wondering if my faith was lacking. At Alpha, people would be asking questions. If I was a teenager, I would express similar questions. But I, I had reached a stage in my life where some questions were no longer important. I did not doubt God's words. However, sometimes I also felt that God was not there, especially when I needed Him most. During these times, I would go to my Bible or get my hands on some devotional material. Even though these readings, these devotional materials readings did not always speak directly about my problems, I felt at peace after reading them. What I needed was not just to have my questions answered, but to receive comfort from God. During the Alpha Day Away, which is the Alpha Weekend part of the program, one of the church elders shared something that spoke directly to my heart, and I suddenly felt my burdens lifted. The Holy Spirit filled my entire being, and I felt very much lighter. Everything seemed very clear and my spirits was lifted. For the first time, I felt I could leave everything to God, and I did not need to struggle anymore. Everything fell into place. I believe he had a bigger plan for me and I learned that I could not just lean on my own understanding. That's because I used to think that everything in my life was within my control. I would take matters into my own hands, conducting research through using Google to find out more about my illness and how to treat it. However, my doctor told me very bluntly, no one can cure you. You can only hope for your time to be prolonged. Well, I have realized that there is no time to put ourselves through misery. Instead, we should focus on doing the things that we previously did not or could not do. And so because of this illness, I was able to take time off work to spend more time with my family, find out more about God and get to know so many of His people. This illness has indeed been a blessing in disguise. I realized that I have changed. Now I tell myself that perhaps some things are beyond my understanding. Just leave it to God as there is a greater peace that can be found in Him. Relying on God took away the pressure caused by my sense of self-achievement and wanting to do more. Well, attending Alpha or church doesn't make you a Christian, but the entire experience may help clear many of your doubts and speak to you in a special way, just like the way I was touched and changed. And Amy has since recovered from cancer and this is taken from the God who changes life. Now, Amy has a story. How about your story? Amy's stories that allow the word of God to speak to her directly. Whether is it while well, she was reading devotional reading materials that has no, doesn't even talk about her issue. Reading the Bible or is it talking to people? She felt that sense of peace in her life that comforted her as she goes through the darkest period of her life. How about your story? Are you willing to have an open mind to allow God's word to be that seed in your heart? Will your heart be good soil for God to deposit a word, a seed in your life? In a short while time, as I invite the worship team to come up, there will be a time that you can have a conversation with God and allow Him to deposit words into your life.
And there will also be a time where you are invited to come forward to pray with someone. If you need prayer, you need someone to encourage you, comfort you, talk to, there is an opportunity for you to come and have someone to pray with you. So let us come to the Lord in prayer. I'll invite the worship team to sing once through the song of response. And this time is really for you to spend time with the Lord, to allow Him into the situation, the hurts that you have been carrying for years. Allow Him to do a good, do, do the work in your heart. Just as I invite the worship team.